Our failures are our number one learnings in life, only if we let them. Failure is the hardest thing. Uh, letting down the people you care about, not achieving your goals, it, it plain out sucks. There's no other way to put it. But it is also our greatest teacher. As long as we choose to view failure as an opportunity to improve. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Oh My Career Goodness. I'm your host, Hamza Islam, and on this podcast, I talk to Gen Zers from different fields about their story and how they became the person they are today. I, I think storytelling is one of the most important things in life because it allows a person to share their story in an authentic and honest way. And when it comes to meeting people who are doing incredible things, yes, it's great to talk about all the amazing things that a person is doing, but it's also important to talk about the challenges they face, all the obstacles that they had to overcome. Because no matter what you are pursuing, you're going to have challenges in your life. And it's up to you as it's up to you in terms of how to overcome those obstacles. And so I hope that you as a listener, take a few things away from each episode as you continue to write your own story, because it doesn't matter who you are or what your background is, you're capable of doing incredible things. And that's what I think Gen, that's what I think makes Gen Z so special. Now, I'm very excited about this week because I've actually I'm I've been looking forward to this episode for a very, very long time. My guest this week is Dylan Gambardella, who is the founder and CEO of NextGen HQ, which is a network and development platform that helps young leaders cultivate a, the mindset to unlock their highest potential. He has been featured in Forbes, Fox, Entrepreneur, USA Today, and other publications for his work. And Dylan is someone that believes that everyone can unlock their full potential, regardless of who they are and what their background is. I'm very excited to know more about Dylan and not just focusing on the on the actions because obviously things are much easier said than done and of course actions are important but what's really important about an entrepreneur is not just what they do on the outside but their mindset and i'm always i'm really looking forward to learning more about dylan's mindset as he handles challenges and just what he has learned throughout his journey so dylan gambardella thank you so much for joining oh my curry goodness thank you for having me i'm grateful to be here i love how you think about growth as a holistic journey, not just the wins, but also the setbacks, the failures. I'm really pumped to dive in. Yeah, thank you so much. And firstly, before we dive into your story, one of the things that really stuck out to me when I first heard about you, now I'm a student at Ohio State and I love Ohio State, don't get me wrong, but uh, you went to Duke University for college. And I have to say that was one thing that really stuck out because if you if you had met me maybe four or five years ago, and you asked me, Hamza, where, where where would you like to go to college? I would, of course, say Ohio State. But if you had asked me an out-of-state school, I would probably say Duke University, mostly because I was a huge fan of their basketball team. A lot of my favorite basketball players in the NBA came from Duke. So I got to say, it's, it's like a weird connection, but I just had to throw that out there. I love it. I am a uh, diehard Blue Devils fan. I grew up in love with the basketball team starting in the JJ Reddick days. So long, long time ago. Uh, that's why I ended up going to Duke. I'm very blessed to say I also had an experience on the basketball practice team. So I got to play in Cameron uh, scrimmage and, and have that opportunity, which was second to none. Uh, so we have that in common, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I Speaking of JJ Reddick, he has a great podcast, too, that I often usually would listen to to help me become a better podcaster. So uh, really cool. First, so let's talk about entrepreneurship. And one of the things that I've really come to learn when it comes to being an entrepreneur, and I've had a lot of entrepreneur guests in the past, for them, it's not about making money, but it's also about impacting someone, you know, helping people 1% better. And you are someone that, yes, you're an entrepreneur, but you you care a lot about the community that you serve. I talked a little bit about NextGen HQ, and I know before this, you also had another organization organization called Students for Students, which helps people through the college process. So to me, when I see this, it's you're not just an entrepreneur, but like you really care about giving back to your community or helping people realize their full potential. I want to ask you, like, where does where does that version of Dylan Gambardella come from? Like, where did the idea of helping people, like, why is that such a big passion of yours? Because 
like I said, entrepreneurs, I think a lot of people, when they think of entrepreneur, it's about making money. But then we look at people like you and it's like, that's a part of it. But what's even more important to me is the importance of giving back and helping other people find their potential. I really appreciate how you highlight that and, and thank you for the kind words. I'm at least trying my best, right? And hopefully we can realize that impact in the world. Uh, I think a few principles lead me in my actions and my entrepreneurial activities. Number one, I believe that uh, businesses exist to make the world a better place. Now that might not be the dictionary definition, shall we say, that might not be what you see on a, a Wall Street Journal earnings report, uh, but I, I don't believe it's worth it. I don't believe anything is meaningful as a challenge to be overcome without the uh, mission-driven elements. And, and that does not have to be helping people. That could be a million different causes, whether that's animal welfare or uh, investing in someone who looks like you, but a younger version and, and helping reach down. Uh, everything that I do though, it pulls from a few buckets, but first and foremost, uh, it checks that box of, am I helping people? And honestly, I, I say this in a ironic way, it's a bit selfish. Because quite frankly, there is no better feeling, Hamza, than being able to give back and help somebody, right? Whether it's as simple as holding the door for somebody or putting a smile on somebody's face when you can help them or make introduction or, or help them achieve a goal. That's the best feeling in the world, man. That is so, the endorphins you get from being able to give back. So again, I say selfish because I'm winning. Yeah, I helped these people out. Yeah, I, I was able to build something that allowed them to chase their dreams. I'll end with a quick anecdote. Uh, just this past weekend, I was going for a run. Go me, running, yay. Uh, healthy athletic habits. Uh, more importantly though, I passed a group of, of two young boys. Uh, they were probably, I think they were eight and nine years old, respectfully. And they were uh, doing your classic lemonade stand. They had some baked goods. They had you know, the stand on the corner of the street. And look, I was just midway through my run. Did I need a glass of lemonade? No, right? Probably didn't need that sugar. Uh, but they were young entrepreneurs and I know what it's like to have someone believe in you and support you by buying your product, by investing in what you're selling. And I didn't want no lemonade, but me stopping my run and being able to give them five bucks, that means so much to them. And it also helps me because I had extra endorphins to go propel my next 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it was. Right. And, and I feel good being able to support causes that matter to me. Those two kids, I resonate with them so deeply because that was me. That is me still. I'm just a, you know, a few years older. Uh, and that's what I mean, right? It would be cool to help any cause. I want to help everybody in need, but especially those that I think I have some experience in, some subject matter expertise. Those are the ones that I think I can make a difference in. And I try to build into every business venture that I'm tackling. First, of, oh my gosh, what you just said resonates with me so much. I have a similar story, which is one day I was going out for a run and it was really hot. Like this, it was just so hot. I couldn't even, it was so hard to keep going. And I was near my house, fortunately. And there were just a couple of little kids, I think maybe three or four who were like, uh, who had a lemonade stand. They're like, who, uh, who wants lemonade? Who wants lemonade? They saw me and they're like, do you want lemonade? And I was like, oh, I don't have money. And so they actually gave me, they gave me a cup for free, um, which was amazing. And the sad part was I didn't have any money and I think they only charged a dollar. So I was like, oh man, I, I don't have any money. They're like, we'll give you one for free. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and then I made a promise myself that I'll get them a dollar just because I feel like that's the best thing I can do. I didn't get just a dollar, but I actually ended up getting $2. So once I went back to the lemonade stand, it was a dollar for a cup, but I decided to give them two, one, because, one for the cup and then one for the fact that they were just, they, they really, just wanted to see me better in a sense because it's like really hot. And so they were like, here, I want to give you one for free. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I'll give you a dollar for the cup, but I also want to give you an extra dollar for the kindness that you showed. And so, yeah, that's, that's a small action, but it makes a big difference in the long run. And I don't know, like, like similar to your story, I didn't want lemonade. I was really close to my house, so I could have gotten anything, but I, I think that when, there was a part of me that's like, there are so many people out there who have this child in them, which is like, whenever you're starting a company or a business or whatever non or nonprofit, you're literally that kid that's asking for lemonade, like, give me a chance, support me and everything. And it's so great to be able to support them, show love. And 
look, it may not mean that much to you, but it means so much to them in the future. And so like my, that's why I feel like, that's why I feel like my goal is to just, I, I feel like competition is a great thing, but like, let's create competition in terms of like, how can we push ourselves to be better? Cause I did not need to give them $2. I could have just ran away and got that cup for free, but I chose to become better without asking for anything return. I didn't even ask for change. I was just like, take the $2 and just continue to help many people. Cause lemonade stands, it doesn't look like you're helping people, but when you're in hot weather, that could actually play an important part. So um, yeah, I just appreciate that every, every kid who has the courage to be able to just get themselves out there and help people in whatever that may be. And what you're doing is encouraging the actions, the behaviors that you care about. You prioritize kindness, you prioritize community. And by giving that extra dollar, you've told these young kids that it's good to be kind because you get rewarded, right? You are now supporting the world that you want to live in yourself. And again, that's that's a, a bit of there, there's a selfish win there. That's not your motivation, of course, but it's a nice secondary outcome that you can benefit because now these children are going to grow up with that principle. And yeah, they might not actively think about that, that guy who came back and gave them 100% tip, right? They're not going to maybe know you by name or maybe they will. And that could be beautiful and empowering in its own right, but it doesn't matter, quite frankly. Uh, and the last piece on competition, I couldn't agree more. To anybody listening, I, I, I've been guilty of this at so many different times in my life. I have struggled by comparing myself to others. As an entrepreneur, I'd see a friend or a founder win an accolade, win an award, get that big funding round, have a certain milestone in their business. And I'd say, I'm working hard. Why not me? Right. As I've gotten older, and I'm not that old, I'm only 27 years old. So I'm still on the younger side. I'd like to joke. Um, but I'm running my own race, Hamza. It's so important to distinguish that. I'm not racing against you. Man. Like you and I, we're friends. We're on the same team. Yeah, we're both entrepreneurs. We both have podcasts. We, we're both doing the thing. But it's not about who gets more downloads. I'm running my race. I'm competing against Dylan of yesterday, right? Dylan of today, even. I want to be better than, than the previous version of myself. I want to also give myself grace. I want to understand that some days when you wake up to train, just like a marathon, you're going to be tired. It's going to not be your best run. That's okay. But over the long haul, over years and decades, Am I hitting my goals? Am I beating my own strides? That's what competition is about. And if you can foster that for the, the pure intrinsic motivator of being your best self, game on. You're going to be powerful, right? It's going to motivate you 10 times more than looking at the other business or the other entrepreneur who's out there and trying to beat them. It's nice to have an opponent, something to go against. Like I'm a sports guy. Clearly basketball is something we share. It's nice to have an opponent. Helps you know if you're doing well. End of the day though, best coaches in the world, Coach K up to Bill Parcells, you name it, they talk about it all the time. We're competing against ourselves in practice every day in the weight room and the results will take care of themselves. Right? I think that's uh, uh, Walsh who says that. The results take care of themselves. And, and that is so important to know. Anyways, a little bit of a tangent there, but all right. No, no I, I love exact. I love everything you said. And it's really important, especially because when, we, when it comes to giving back, it should not be Hamza Islam versus Dylan Gambardella. It's Hamza and Dylan versus a bigger issue. Because if we start competing, well, there's there's going to be people that will be like, well, what about us? We need help. But it, now it seems as though it's more about you and you. Like, it's now like it's more about you guys instead of the bigger picture. So, again, yes, competition is a great thing or it can be a good thing. But what can, what's better is being able to work with one another to do something better. That's why, like, I don't know. I mean, you're a business guy, so I'm sure you've heard of the show Shark Tank. So yes, there are people that may have differences in terms of expertise. But the thing is, when there are two sharks or investors who are interested in investing in a company, sure, again, there's differences, but let's combine those differences to help a company that really needs that money and help them grow their business. So um, I just want, uh, just, I thought that was really important what you said about not making it me versus you. And I also struggle with this even today when it comes to comparison. Like now, I mean, I have social media, I have Instagram, but I'm trying hard to not use it as much because I don't feel like I'm mature enough. And essentially maturity in my case means a lot of the people that I follow or you know see on Instagram, they're doing really amazing things. They're getting awards. They're getting uh, recognition for the work that they're doing. And rightfully so, they deserve it. 
my challenge is not like, I'm not worried about seeing what people are doing. My challenge that I'm trying, the thing I'm trying to work on is trying to be happy for that person. And what I mean by that is I don't want to look at them and go, when is it going to happen to me? I really have to, instead, if I see Dylan do something really incredible, I have to really be happy for Dylan. Like, oh, Dylan worked his butt off to create something special. I want to congratulate him. Instead of looking at something and going, okay, Dylan got this. What about me? Because now you're being arrogant and not truly being passionate. So I, I want to work on, again, that me and you versus something else rather than me versus you. Because why play this game where it's not going to go anywhere? So um, I know I'm going on a tangent, but I think when you talked about comparison, I thought that was really important because, again, like I, like when we compare people, now we're bringing people down instead of our real purpose, which is to bring people up. And I just hope that there are more people that really take that, really understand that because, you know, people think that our competition is other people, but that's just your head telling you that. What you really need to do is just think about who you were yesterday and who you who you are today and who you want to be in the future. Um, I know like one of my favorite artists to listen to was 21 Savage, but his album was I Am Was Greater Than I Was. So like your present is better than your past. And it's always getting better, but it's always, it's important to be better 1% every day, just focusing on yourself and not caring so much about the outside noise. So Dylan, I know like, I apologize for going on a tangent, but you said so many great things that I thought was really important to hear, not just for you and I, but for so many people when it comes to creating something out of nothing. 100%. And it's a worthy message. It's hard though, right? Anybody listening, it's really easy for for Hamza and I to sit here on, on this great show and podcast and talk about, oh, don't worry about what other people do. Don't look at Instagram. Don't let that impact you. It is so hard because all of these highlight reels exist thanks to social media. And we're sitting there 11, 12, 1 a.m., looking at our phones, scrolling endlessly, doom scrolling, as I think the term is now. And, and we're checking out these people who are our peers, should be our quote unquote equals. We went to school together. We grew up together. We're the same age. And yet they have the supermodel partner. They've got the car, the mansion. They've got a six pack. They've got a great business. And you're like, why not me? Right? It's really hard to see that and not compare yourself. If you do it well and you, you can cultivate each time the, the bicep curl of it's not about me, it's about them. And I'm separating myself from their success. And also it could help to remind yourself, they're only showing you the 1%, 1%, 1% of the very best. And odds are it's probably edited, right? Like it's, it's captioned well, it's actually spray painted on, who knows? And because we don't know these things to be true, we can't give them the same weight as how well we know ourselves. We're our own greatest enemies. And, and I'll end by saying, just give yourself grace. If you're trying out there and you're like, Dylan, man, I'm listening to your advice. I'm really trying not to compare myself, but I keep getting caught in this mental trap. I get it because I do it every day. Here are some tools. I just have this book, happen to have it next to me. It's called Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. You don't have to read it if you don't want to, but it, it's all about the stoic mindset of only controlling what's in our own power. And I really like that idea. I think that has been a helpful practice on this very topic to, to stop comparing to others and to focus on yourself because that's heck, that's all we can control. I can't control the weather. It's pouring outside right now. I don't want it to pour. I can't do anything about it. So I'm going to complain about it. No chance. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to put on an umbrella, rain jacket, whatever it is. And I'm going to go out there. No excuses, right? Very silly example, but that happens in life every single day. Yeah. And before I, we transition to another topic, I, I don't have this book with me, but it's, it's called um, The Power of One More by Ed Milet. I don't know if... if yeah. uh, if you've heard of the book, but essentially for those who um, don't know, the author Ed Milet talks about the importance of doing something one more time. And what that means is you're much closer to your goal than you think. Just continue to keep going one more day, do something one more time. Even if it doesn't work, even if it fails, do it one more time because some maybe that day, maybe that, or maybe that day something special will happen. Or maybe the next time you do something that will happen. I had four podcasts in the past and I failed all of them because uh, I just, I was, I was focusing on the wrong goal. 
right? Like I was focusing too much on downloads and numbers and analytics. What I didn't realize was maybe let me let me do something or I, yeah. And also because I just didn't feel like I had a great interview. So what I focused on was doing something one more time, try to have another interview. And before I worry too much about analytics, try to see how this interview goes. Did I create something of value? Did I create something that people will feel inspired by? Do it one more time. And it's really helped me love my love the work that I do. And so I think a lot of people, like you said, we focus on comparison. We focus on getting bogged down on things, but focusing on yourself, do something one more time. Don't focus on the on too much in the long run. Focus on just like what you can control, right? And just, you know, enjoying it because you never know what you can do if you were to do something one more time. Don't focus on other people. Focus on yourself because you can create something special. So I just wanted to add that because um, you were talking about a book and I wanted to bring in my book recommendation. I love it. <laughs> one the, uh, the, the one more is something I also reframe under surprise yourself. Right. Be the type of person who impresses and exceeds your own expectations. I think about this every single day I'm in the gym. People might say that it's too intense, but I think the, the principle is what's important, less the actual activity. But if you do this every single day in your own version, I guarantee you you'll get better. The, the short looks like if you want to do 10 reps of a, a weight, let's say you're doing push-ups, right? You tell yourself, I'm going to do four sets of 10. Give me 11 surprise yourself, right? When you get to the 10th, when you crush that 10th rep, give me an 11th and go a little bit further. Are you going to get, are you going to get jacked because of the 11th rep in that day? No, no chance, right? If you run a mile and you'd set 1.1 miles, are you going to become Usain Bolt? No, you're not. But if you zoom out, and this is where I think if I could go back and tell Hamza after his first, second, third, fourth podcast didn't work out, tell him to zoom out and stop looking at the day, but look at the, the year or the decade, or even the, the 20 year portion, right? And say, so, Hamza, if you built a podcast every three months and you apply the learnings of each to the next one, by year two, by year three, how much better are you gonna get? And now you took 1% improvements on a daily basis and you compound those over months and years. You go to the gym, you do one more rep every single day and you compound those gains over weeks, months, and years, you're gonna be the freaking Hulk. By the time people start, you know, dang, Dylan, when did you start working out? Oh, well, six years ago, but you weren't noticing then. You only see me now that I have, you know, the, the six pack, or the, I'm using fitness analogies, but you get where I'm going with it. The point being, the power of compound interest is it allows for exponential gains. Instead of getting, uh, let's say you focus on 1% better a day, right? You think 365 days a year, 1% a day, I'll be 365% better by the end of the year. That would be great. But the reality is, thanks to compound interest for all my math geeks out there, myself included, you're going to compound exponentially. And so it's actually 37 times better by the end of the year if you get 1% better each day. 37 times a little bit bigger than 365%, right? And, and that is just such a powerful analogy. It still takes time. You're not going to have the overnight success. My favorite quote, the overnight success was 20 years in the making, if not 30, 40 years, right? That's how it goes, man. I love, I love that. Um, I want to change it up a bit because as an entrepreneur, you know, every entrepreneur will face pressure. There's no doubt about it. And for you, especially like, it's funny because a lot, I spoke to a guest in the past, she, she, um, and I asked her about how much pressure do you have when you're helping people? Because you might have the intention of helping people or in making someone's day better. But then sometimes when you actually produce the result, you may have either made them feel worse or you didn't make them actually feel happy or, you know, glad or you didn't make them feel better. So for you, and obviously, you know, this better than anyone else, because like, I, like you said about social media, we see all the great things, but I don't know, but I don't really know Dylan Gambardella, you know what I'm saying? So for you, like how much pressure do you put on yourself? When, when you're helping people, because as cliche as it sounds, it is very difficult to really help people make sure they feel better and suited for the future. Yeah, we live in a world where it's hard to uh, conflate intentions with outcomes, 
right? You have to be able to understand what this person was aiming to do, but also still hold true what the results were. And so to that person who had proper intentions, was really trying to help, but ultimately did not, I would say, good job, get better, hit the gym, right? Uh, we have a duty to be working on ourselves. I believe that to be true. I have a duty to myself, but to my parents, to my community, my family, the causes I support to be the best version of myself. Now, I'm trying to work on not putting too much pressure on myself at that same point, right? I, I want to be my best, but I don't want to put all of that weight and expectation on my shoulders because that's that's pretty intimidating and tough and, and really setting myself up for a scary failure. Uh, but that said, intentions aren't the only thing that matter, right? Even if I try my best, but I fail miserably 10 out of 10 times, what's going to happen? Well, probably going to not have a job. I'm going to maybe lose some friendships, lose some relationships. If I always fail in those aspects. So even though I'm a good person, you might say, and my thought was in the right place, we all know this as individuals. We still hold the results to be true, right? And if you know the person is a good person and they tried their best, you give them a little bit of, of leeway, right? But ultimately, we have to then take those learnings. Why did I fail? Why did I not meet this person where they were and actually achieve the results I was looking to? What happened? What went wrong? Use that failure as your greatest learning. I'm going to say this to all your listeners, and they're not going to believe me. They'll, they'll nod their heads. They'll say that they understand. But unless they've gone through an event in life where they have failed and, and really hurt and, and felt disappointed, they won't get it, uh, which is a shame because I wish that I could have understood this without having to go through the pain myself. But our failures are our number one learnings in life, only if we let them. Failure is the hardest thing. Uh, letting down the people you care about, not achieving your goals, it, it plain out sucks. There's no other way to put it. But it is also our greatest teacher. As long as we choose to view failure as an opportunity to improve. I'll tell you this, Hamza. I have been very grateful to win uh, lots of recognition and awards and build successful companies and help thousands and thousands of people along that journey. Forbes 30 under 30, raise millions of venture capital, you name it, right? I have learned more from my failures than any of those successes. Times a million. I could never overstate that. And it's a powerful part of life. Again, I wish that people could hear these words and save them from the, the need to experience the failure and just achieve the benefits. I've, I've since learned, sadly, that's not how life works, right? At some point, life brings you to your knees. And I don't wish that upon anybody, my greatest enemies uh, included. But when that moment comes, look for the growth, look for the opportunity to improve. It won't happen instantly, it'll be really hard. You might not even be aware of it in the moment, but in the days, the weeks, the months, the years that follow, if you have that support system around you, you have the right people in your corner, this failure will allow you to come back 10 times stronger. And it, it sounds cheesy, it sounds corny, but man, is it the truth. As long as again, you allow it to. For sure. And you, you talked, we talked, you talked a little bit about what you can control, what you can't, you can't control the outcome or the future, but you can control how you react to it. And so it's really important. I think this is so like, it's, it's really important to find the people who really understand you because Dylan, you and I are two of, I don't know, like 8 billion people in this world. They don't know who, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are people who know you, but not everyone in the world knows you. And so when you make a mistake, it is so easy to think that you are a terrible person and that you are like, you, you are not built for success, but in reality, that is further from the truth. Yes, you've made mistakes, but that's why it's important to lean on those people who see you and they know what you're trying to do. Yes, you're going to struggle. Yes, you're going to fail. Yes, you're going to have moments when you feel like, and this is a sports reference, you want to forfeit the game when you're down 30. But there are people who know you and they know that you are capable of doing great things. And so you can always learn from those. And then when the next opportunity comes, you're not going to be down by 30. You're going to be, you're going to be taking the lead. You're going to be, you're going to be winning and you're going to be doing a lot of great things. But yeah, it's, it's really hard because especially when people don't understand you and you are trying to help them and you fail, it could feel like it's the end of the world, but that's why it's important, right? Like as entrepreneurs, you guys believe in the importance of not focusing on the long-term, focusing on short-term in the sense where it's like, when you, when it comes to making goals or creating goals, focus on how to be better 
today than you were yesterday? And then how will you be tomorrow better than today? We talked about the power of one more, pushing yourself 1%. And yeah, it's difficult. I mean, obviously we're just saying words. I mean, once you experience it, it's a difficult, it's a completely different situation. But I think understanding that sometimes it's better to fail. Like that's why people say like, oh, like like when people will go like, I've never made it. Like I don't like when there are people that go, I've never made a mistake in my life. Well, congrats. But how do you how do you where do you how do you gain what do you gain from that? How do you learn? And learning is such a powerful tool, not just in the classroom, but outside the classroom, because there's so many things that you might not see right now because you made a mistake. But in the future, you're gonna thank your whole self. You're you're gonna thank you're gonna thank yourself for making for being able to learn something. And look, we don't want failure to happen, but it's a matter of how do you react to it. And you are not helping yourself if you are defining yourself as a failure. Failure can be a part of you, but it can't be you, if that makes sense. I don't know. I made it sound philosophical. I mean, look, the, the reality is it's the most philosophical and practical advice you can give, right? If you've never failed, you've truly never lived. I always was confused growing up as a, a young athlete to stick to the sports references. I promise we talk about more things than sports uh, here at Next Gen HQ. My, my dad would always say when a, an undefeated team that I was on or that we were watching they have a loss before the playoffs or something. And my, my dad would say something like, oh, it's for the best. Like, it's good. It's good. And I was the young, ambitious, you know, successful guy who said, how can failure be good? How can a loss be good? And my dad would explain, rightfully so, well, they'll be that much more prepared for the playoffs, for the postseason. They'll learn from this failure and be a better team. And I would say, well, I want the undefeated record. I don't care about that. I want an undefeated record, right? How silly of me. Because I didn't know at the time that that taste of failure, right? In this case, right before the playoffs, let's say, that would help me get back in the gym and motivate me to grow and train and prepare so that when it matters next, I don't fail more than any win ever could have, right? What do you think if, if we play a game on a Saturday and I win? You think I'm going to be in the gym at 8 a.m. the next day? No. But if I lose, then I'm in the gym. I'm doing that 5 a.m. the next day, right? That's the mindset of a true competitor, someone who's trying to be their best. Yeah, to beat the other team, but to be better than the, the they were the day before, right? So powerful. I learned more about business from the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants of the world than you ever could imagine. These athletes are they're doing the same thing in a different arena, right? We're playing in the entrepreneurial, the business arena. They're playing in the Staples Center and they're playing in, in these massive venues. It's a, it's a game, right? Against ourselves. We're all human beings. Yeah, some of us have better genetics and maybe a little bit more intelligence than others. But end of the day, we're all human. I'm very blessed to say that uh, I had great parents who instilled all of these ideas. That I could be whatever I want. That I could chase my dreams. And I think far too many of us stop asking ourselves what we want to be when we grow up too early in life, right? How old are you, Hamza? I am 21, 21 years old. 21 years old, right? And when was the last time someone asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Maybe like 13 or 14. It's been seven, eight years since they've asked that. Shame on the world for not saying, this man is 21 years old, has all the options in, in, in the world, for lack of a more complete term, in front of him. You can be whatever you want to be, man, right? You want to reinvent yourself? I know you're studying uh, computational uh, IT, right, and, and informational technology, and like these are amazing career paths. If you woke up tomorrow and you said, I want to go into economics, power to you, right? We live in this defined society that tells us that we have to follow a tried and, and true path. And I think that's at the detriment of all young people in their adventuring and their, their uh, learning, their curiosity. And again, I'm not going to change the world by saying this, but I I'm here to encourage you to go out and try to, to fail, to go live, to go have that experience because you feel like you need to do it. Not because the world tells you, but because you feel like you got to do it. For me, that was going on my entrepreneurial journey. I started my company. In school, I never had a job in my life outside of working for myself. I'm grateful for that. I don't know how long it'll last. I don't know if it's forever or if I'll have to do something different. Who knows? But whatever happens, I'm grateful for the opportunities that I had and that I was able to, to curate, to, to manifest in those things. Uh, and for everybody else who's out there, it doesn't mean you got to start a company to think like an entrepreneur, as you referenced in the intro. You can take these principles and apply them to your life, whether as an entrepreneur, in your hobbies, in your, your community, giving back, whatever it might be with your family, with your partner, with your friends, 
it's all possible. And entrepreneurial thinking is, I believe, a playbook to go do that. One of the common things we share is our love for sports. And I was I was trying hard not to laugh because you said in, when you were talking about how you don't want to make it about sports, you want to make it about business. But I do think that sports and business and business or sports and entrepreneurship have a lot in common. Most important, one of the things that you um, have talked about in, in the past is the importance of staying in the game, right? And it's difficult in sport. It's easier in sports than in entrepreneurship because in sports you have a specific time as how as in terms of how how long the game is, and you know whether you're winning or losing, whether it's like basketball. Basketball things like what forty eight minutes, twelve minutes each quarter. Soccer ninety minutes, forty five each quarter. There's a specific time. Whereas entrepreneurship, it's more a lifetime thing. Now, when it comes to playing the game, it doesn't matter if it's sports or entrepreneurship. If we're winning or we feel like we are going to win, we play the game. If we are lose or we know we're going to lose the game, we forfeit the game. And in sports, you can easily just focus on the next game, the next game, the next game. But in entrepreneurship, you can't do that. If you fail, you fail. But it's very important, and we talked about this, how you respond to failure. Um, I know we talked a bit about the general uh, conversation about failure and being and learning. And only if you're comfortable talking about this, I would love to know two things. One, what were some of the examples in your life where you failed and how were you able to continue to stay in the game? Because again, when it, when you're losing, it's so easy to give up, but that's when you have to stay in the game because you just, you just have to. I think a lot about the analogy being uh, a foot from gold. For those who are unfamiliar, it's the classic visual of someone who's who's mining for gold and they stop short, a foot short after going miles, 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 miles down, but they get to a point and they're tired. They're out, right? Reality, they were one foot away from striking gold and getting what they started having the attention, the goal in mind. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person who stops a foot from gold. The hard part is, Hamza, it's impossible to know whether you're a foot or a thousand feet. And so you only have your own best judgment. And that individual who stopped, I bet you they had good, right? I'm not judging that person. I'm not saying that they made an incorrect decision because for all I know, they needed to go do other things for their family. Their life goals changed. Their priorities were evolving. And that's okay. That's also part of life. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, I have nine years of experience to pull from 10 years now since I started my first first business. And what I've learned more than anything is that in order to win, you have to be playing, right? You have to have the lights on to have even a chance at winning. It's, it's so obvious, but it, it's worth stating again. Can you win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket? No, right? You can't win. That's how the game works. You have to buy a ticket to win. And so if you don't buy a ticket, you should not expect to win. And that's how it works in entrepreneurship in every sense of the world. I think the best example these days is, is in content creators. Uh, if you look at some of these stories, I'll talk about my good friend, Shervin, uh, who early September 2023, he's about to hit 100K subscribers on YouTube. At Shervin Chairs, go follow him. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he started a year and a half ago. For one year and four months, he had like 5,000 subscribers. And then in the last two months, he has shot up. Right, a couple of videos go viral, and you know how it goes. We've all seen a content creator like this have that type of scale. Many a time, we say to them, "Oh, I knew you when you were when you were small." Right? The thing is, it's the same person, and right? he's still the same guy. We still go work out at the gym, uh, but the journey to getting there is what nobody talks about because it's not sexy. It doesn't sell. No one wants to buy a magazine because it has two K followers, creator interview. Right? No, you only want to talk to the person when they make Forbes under thirty. And that's life. That's okay. I understand how, how media works. But for me, I have so many examples. I think the first that I'll briefly mention was when I had to part ways with my co-founder, right? Uh, for, for reasons that you know, we don't have to get into now, uh, I, I had to say goodbye to him as a business partner. And it was so devastating emotionally, uh, financially, all of these aspects that were, were negative. But what, what I chose to do was to persevere and to say that, listen, I'm, I'm hurting right now. This is, this is not a fun day, not a fun week, month, period. 
but I know that I'm going to be a better CEO because of this. I'm going to be a better boss, a better manager, a better leader, a better executive, better founder and entrepreneur because of this. I don't know how I'm going to be better. I have no clue actually, but I, I know I'm going to be better because I'm going to learn from this. And, and here I am, I'm alive, right? And I'm not through it by any means, right? I still have things that last, that impact us to this day, but I'm a more dangerous in the positive sense entrepreneur because I know I can get through really hard stuff. I know I can, I can get through the mud and I could figure it out and I could push and I could go one more and I could do one more rep because I'm the type of person who's tough. And when I have that mindset, it's man, is it dangerous, right? Because I can go through hell and come back. And I want to focus on that does not change the failure, does not remove the fact that I wasn't able to salvage this relationship and make it work and find a path. But that's not the important piece. The important piece is what I do next. And, and I try to focus on that in every manner. I remember I'll share another one. You're a student and maybe some of your listeners are, listeners are students. I say this humbly. I was the valedictorian in my high school. I'm very grateful to have had academic success at an early age. And I credit my parents for instilling a really awesome work ethic and, and being there and supporting me and my incredible teachers that helped me along the way, without whom I would have had none of that uh, accomplishment or, or, or success. I got to Duke and I had this uh, mindset that I would be able to almost copy and paste what worked in high school to college. And I had this almost, I'll say arrogance around academics because I was, you know, always got a hundred, always got the perfect scores. I'll cut to the chase, Hamza, I failed my very first college test, my very first midterm, failed, 55 out of 100. I got an F. I remember getting that paper back. I think actually I saw the grade online, whatever it might have been. The shock, I could not even put into words. I was so embarrassed. I was so disappointed. I was mortified that I had let myself do this. And, and don't get me wrong, no one was responsible but me. I failed. No one failed. The teacher, fine. Other people got Great grades, other people get A pluses, hundreds, right? So clearly it was out there. I was lazy. And, and I think of that as a wake-up call in that you can't expect what got you here to get you to your next goal, right? I can't expect that the challenges I've overcome at 20, I'm going to be able to get through at the same level of 30 because the bar is going to change. The game's going to change, right? And, and to that end, I'm always looking to take the previous and apply it to the current, but not expect one to equal one, Right. And that's hard because the world changes right now. We have something like AI that's changing all the, the work and hopefully, you know, platforms like ours can help those navigate, check out uh, the job for me.com will help you out. But the reality is we have to always be evolving, always be learning. I said earlier that I, I try to be a student of failure, a student of life. Um, if we are open to learning, there's something to be learned from everybody, everyone, right? I'm learning so much from you and, and how you go about this podcast your place in life, your reactions. Other people would say, shouldn't it be opposite? Shouldn't Dylan, the 27 successful in quotes entrepreneur be the one teaching Hamza? Yeah, sure, but mutually, right? I'm learning just as much as you as I hope that I get to share with your listeners. And I hope to one day meet your listeners and get to learn from them too. Um, that is how I want to be. That's how I want to be. And it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time, but it's worth it. And it's a worthy chase. Man, I love everything you said. And um, a couple of couple of questions I want to ask you relating to sports. I'm, I'm going to bring the sports back, but, and it's funny because like we've, we talk, I think we spent more time talking about sports and entrepreneurship, but I'm glad we have that in common. One in the same. <laughs> One of your favorite basketball players that you have referenced um, when you're in podcasts or interviews is Kobe Bryant. And the reason being is because he has something known as the Mamba mentality. And for those who don't know, who've never heard of this, Kobe Bryant was a professional basketball player who passed away uh, a few years ago, but he had this thing called the Mamba mentality, which was his, his willingness to become better. Uh, not just, and it wasn't just on the court or he wasn't just such a great basketball player on the court, but what he did off the court. So whether that's putting in more time than other people in training or in, in the gym, first one in last one out, he would sometimes sacrifice things in order to become the best, which is a really hard thing. Sacrifice is not easy. Um, he would also study his opponents, regardless if it's for the Los Angeles Lakers or for Team USA. And sometimes he would learn different languages just because he would understand what the opponent, if they're playing against a different country, what they're saying, right? And so that's really what, like, that's what made him so great. Not, it's not just what he did on the court, 
but what he wanted to do off the court to become the best. Kind of tying in the topic of sacrifice, I want to know, how were you able to apply the Mamba mentality in your personal life? Because look, I know there are a lot of people that who might be listening to this podcast, might be hearing you for the first time, but there are a lot of people that do know you for all the successes that you've had and all the achievements. But what they don't know is who Dylan Gambardella is when no one is watching, all the work you're putting in, all the sacrifices and the tough decisions you have to make. Tell me a bit about how you've been able to apply the Mamba mentality in your personal life. I really appreciate bringing that up, Hamza. I think it's a beautiful way to tie in everything we talked about in this last chapter of the interview. For those who uh, want more, I highly recommend you Google Kobe Bryant Achilles Facebook post. I think you'll find it by Googling that search, by searching that on Google, excuse me. Uh, He talks about after his injury, after his Achilles tear. And I equate it to the hard struggles that we go through, that I've gone through as an entrepreneur. And he has a line in there. The mama mentality, it, it means we don't quit. We don't cower. We don't run. We endure and we conquer. That is the most powerful way to live, right? I'm not going to back down to a challenge. I'm not going to let something take me out of the game. I get a no from an investor, a no from a sale, a no from a client, a team member leaves, whatever the down is, I'm not going to let that take me out of the game because I know that to to win, I got to stay in the game. You got to keep the lights on to have a chance at winning. I have failures, disappointments every single week, most days, I would say. And the world knows about 1% of them, right? Because it's me versus me. And I'm in my own head. I am my own worst enemy, but I also have my biggest proponent. And so what I got to do is be my number one cheerleader. I have to be my number one coach. I have to be the biggest believer in Dylan. I believe that how we talk to ourselves is such a large predictor of how we're going to view the world, right? Imagine if if you always had a, a friend who was talking, you know, gossiping, you're going to think that person's a gossiper, right? If they're always gossiping to you, you assume they're a gossiper. So if we believe that how other people talk to us is how they should be defined, well, how do we talk to ourselves? Because that's defining who we are, right? And to that end, when you have a screw up and, and you know you get nervous and you are giving a public speech and you forget the words or you trip and you fall on that, that dance or you, know, you miss the shot and the game, whatever it is, we're going to beat ourselves up. Use that as a chance to give yourself grace. I said it earlier in the podcast. It's so important. I have no doubt that you're going to learn from this. I know that you're going to get better. Uh, but what I try to do is take that on mentality and bring it into everything, everything. It's how we do everything. How we do anything is how we do everything. How we practice is how we play. That's life. I can't just expect I'm gonna show up to the sales meeting and put on a dance and close the client. Not if I didn't do my research, not if I didn't wake up that morning, come ready to get to work, to put in my time, to be my best self. And I have to get so much better. As good as I think I am, I'm proud of where I've come from. I got a whole lot ahead of me, man. And watch out. Right, because any bit of success I've had so far is just the beginning. And I'm grateful to say that I'm motivated by helping people. I'm motivated by making this world a better place than it was when I got here. I think there's a lot of work left to do, a lot of problems worthy of being solved. God willing, I'm lucky enough to get another day to to go out and tackle them. That's all I ask for. Right. And if I get that opportunity, I'm gonna make the most of it. You actually are leading you're actually leading me to the next point that I wanna talk about. But before we go there, I think what you you talked about, the relationship you have with yourself. And that's honestly the most important relationship you have because a lot of people will say things, a lot of people will do things to you, whether that's encouraging you or that's kind of detrimental to you, but it's about what you think of yourself. And what what I focus on is the importance of just developing the positive relationship with your mind. Because if you have a negative relationship with your mind, you're gonna look at the world negatively. Um, But before I let you go, uh, because I know you have a lot of things going on, I think you're going to love this question, um, which is a lot of, uh, I've been asking this question, maybe it's a signature question. I don't know. I'm still debating. I think it's going to be it, but I'm not sure. But there are a lot of words in the dictionary and people, I mean, there are a lot of words in the dictionary and you know, there are words out there that people will say that could possibly benefit, help, or hurt someone from reaching their goals. If you had the chance to take 
one word out of the dictionary or some or more than one word out of the dictionary, what word would which of these what word what word would you take out of the dictionary because you feel like this word will negatively impact a person? That's a great question. I'm going to go with a phrase, which is maybe cheating here, Hamza. I'm going to say, hmm, that's a really hard question. It's not your fault. I want to be really clear in that. I believe we all deserve, as I said, grace. We all deserve second chances. We all are getting better. But I do believe that we need to take responsibility. We need to take responsibility for our actions, for our leadership, for the results that we want to achieve. And yeah, it might not be my fault because I was subject to external factors, but finding what I could have done, what I could do differently next time is a really important lesson. I don't say this to, to you know, uh, say you got to beat yourself up. No, please don't take it that way. But find the responsibility of the action that you took that you can now go learn from. For better or for worse, if it worked, great. Why did it work? Break it down. Go back and watch the tape. If it didn't work, even more important to understand what went wrong and what went awry and how you're going to change next time. But if you can take responsibility, if you can take total and complete responsibility for your actions, you'll write the next book. You'll be Marcus Aurelius writing Meditations 2.0. And I can't wait to read it. And, and I want to thank you again for having me because I, I think it's such an important message. You're sharing a human message with your audience. And I'm so grateful to be a small part in helping to uh, propagate that. Yeah, that, that's that's amazing answer. And I love everything that you, uh, all the things that you said, because I think it can really benefit people listening. So Dylan, I just want to say thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, I hope we get to meet in person. Hopefully we can do an in-person interview, but thank you so much for being able to share your story and share amazing advice. And I can't wait to see all the great things you do in the future. Anybody who's out there, reach out on social media, Dylan Gambardella on LinkedIn, at Dill Gambardella on uh, Twitter, Dylan Gambardella, Instagram, email me. Don't text me, probably a tough way to get a hold of me, but I appreciate you all. I'm grateful to be here. I'll catch you soon, Amza. I can't wait to meet in person. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you guys like what you saw, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at the OMCG Podcast for more information on guests, preview clips, and more. Please continue to support this podcast in the future, and I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode.